This is Sarah Stewart-Holland. And this is Beth Silvers. Thank you for joining us for Pantsuit Politics. for joining us for Pantsuit Politics, where we try to take a different approach to the news. Today, we're going to be discussing the heartbreaking school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee, as well as, and in dramatic contrast to, the Gwyneth Paltrow skiing lawsuit, because why not? Why not balance incredible trauma and heaviness with a ludicrous celebrity trial? Before we do that, we are excited to finally be hosting our live event in Orlando, Florida next Wednesday. It's days away. I can't believe it. So if you don't have your tickets, you still have time. Head to the show notes. You can grab them. The show's at 7 p.m. And we have a special meet and greet time for premium members before the show from 530 to 630. If you're not going to be in Orlando next week, no worries. We're going to be in other parts of the country yet this spring. You can see us at the Allen County Library in Fort Wayne, Indiana on April 26th or at the Fort Worth Crowded Table Meaningful Conversations event in Texas on May 4th. Both are going to be really fun. Again, all the details in the show notes. These are our last public events until the fall. So if you're nearby, we hope that you'll come see us. Next up, we're going to talk about the heartbreak in Nashville, Tennessee. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax. And think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. On Monday, there was a mass shooting at the Covenant School in Nashville, Tennessee. Three adults and three nine-year-old children were killed. The shooter, 28-year-old Audrey Hale, was killed by the police. The gender and gender identification of the shooter is a complicating factor. It was reported almost immediately that the shooter was a woman, which is very unique, as most mass shooters are men. I got a text message, Beth, from my cousin in Nashville, which in a lot of ways is still a small town, that said, my mom told me the shooter was trans. And I said, okay, well, let's just take a minute. Let's wait till that's confirmed. Let's not fall down this rabbit hole. And then it was confirmed pretty quickly. 
And I assumed, as I think many did, that the shooter was a trans woman, born a man but identifying as a woman. But it was then confirmed that Audrey Hale was born a woman and had been identifying as a man. And I texted you and said, well, after seven years, I have found a new story I have no interest in talking about on the show. <laughs> because it's like ChatGPT invented a new story with all the worst combinations of American cultural controversies. Right, because you have a trans shooter, you have a private school, mm-hmm. you have a private Christian school, you have the gun violence. Everything that makes us emotional and at complete odds with each other and at risk for really oversimplifying complex things and at risk for really dehumanizing people who disagree with us is present here. In, in an absolutely heartbreaking scenario. So I want to acknowledge at first that I'm not sure there's a way to talk about this shooter that everyone will feel comfortable with and good about. And for me, it takes me back to first principles of anytime we talk about a mass shooting, I don't want to dwell on the shooter. The shooter is a person who was clearly suffering from some kind of mental health emergency. And there are people who love that shooter And I feel for them and I feel for all of the complexity that they have to hold around the identity of the shooter. But I don't. I can hold the complexity and space around the victims here and around Mm -hmm. all of the people across the country who are once again thinking, how do I put my kid on the bus or how do I show up at work tomorrow as a custodian or a cafeteria worker or a teacher or a principal or a substitute or a substitute? That's. That's where I'm going to put my heart. And I do not in any way want this tragedy to be used to further harm a community of people who are statistically so much more likely to be victims than perpetrators of violent crime. And I don't want to dive into a culture war. I just want to think, here is our shooter, and I'm going to leave that person there. And, and keep my thoughts with what we do to comfort the victims here and continue to move forward. And from what I have seen in my own life and my own social media feeds, that seems to be the reaction. Mm-hmm. I was expecting a lot and I have not encountered it. And that has encouraged me. There's the usual trolling from the likes of Marjorie Taylor Greene. But overall, I have not seen a lot of discussion around the identity of the shooter. And I am encouraged by that. I think that that is a good first principle. Let's focus on the problem here. And the problem is simple. There are too many guns. That's my first principle. There are too many guns. Now, we're going to talk a lot about a lot of things after that. But make no mistake, that is the issue. We have too many guns in our country. Okay. The other thing I was encouraged by in sort of the immediate aftermath is a couple things. There does seem to be a solidifying energy around an assault weapons ban. Do I think we're going to get that out of the current House of Representatives? Of course not. But I think the reporting, like from the Washington Post that did a piece on what does an AR-17 do to a human body, I thought was powerful. Still, not for nothing, pretty sanitized. Like there's all these warnings on. This is triggering. This is violent. But because it is focused on what happened to a child at Parkland and a child at Sandy Hook, like specifically their injuries. And so it is personal, but it is still sanitized. It is still a grayed out, like not human looking 
body that they are illustrating what these weapons do. But it's a step in the right direction because it is still pretty horrific. And it is something that I think people are increasingly understanding, that this weapon is different, that you get shot with a handgun through the shoulder, you might make it. You get shot through the shoulder with an AR-17, you probably won't because it just explodes. It just disintegrates everything in its path. So I thought that reporting was valuable, and it seems that we are moving that conversation forward. We've gotten feedback from listeners about conversations with their family members where there has been movement where there has been small, encouraging movement and messages from listeners themselves where they said, I was smug. I thought this couldn't happen here. I see it now. What can I do? So I just want to center that first because I think the narrative that nothing's changed, we chose this, is both incorrect and not helpful for what it's worth. Well, I want to say about the AR-17s. That this situation is a case study in that because here we had, by all accounts, school personnel who did everything exactly right. Yep. And police who did everything exactly right. And six people are still dead. Yeah. Did you watch the video? It's incredible. The police response <sighs> is incredible. We had nothing like Uvalde here. No. There seems to be no ambiguity. The school reacted textbook perfectly the police reacted textbook perfectly and six people are still dead yep yep to your point about progress which is hard to hold when six people are dead senselessly and tragically and gruesomely i do not want to deliver my children hopelessness yep i lament that we live in a world where i can't promise them that they're safe at school or anywhere else I would lament it even more, though, if what they inherited from me was a sense that the world can never be better. Mm-hmm. That's false, and I think it's wrong. And because I am not in the position of personally knowing and grieving these children, I do grieve them. I have shed tears about this, as I know many, if not all of you have. But because they are not mine to mourn, I have felt a sense of responsibility this week to stop shouting into the void and to figure out where can we get more of that progress. So living where I do, I have Thomas Massey, who sends a Christmas card with assault rifles on it every year as my representative. I have a newly elected state representative who touted her Second Amendment credentials in the race to be elected. I have Mitch McConnell and Rand Paul as my senators. Those are the people who represent me, for better or worse. They have been duly elected by the people Mm -hmm. where I live. So I thought, as I sat down to contact them, where could I maybe get a yes? Where could I maybe get some kind of agreement or momentum or progress? And so I wrote to them about something I never thought I would endorse. But I feel like we could get to yes on school resource officers. We have them in the county where I live because our county has prioritized having school resource officers on site and because we have figured out how to use our budget to pay for it. And I think that's wrong. I think where our legislatures are unwilling to do anything about too many guns, they should at least be willing to fit the bill for safety in schools to the best we can get it. And I think having a consistent, well-trained, engaged school resource officer is one step that I 
I have moved on. I will support that. And I think it ought to be paid for. So that's what I asked for. I said to our federal representatives, I would love for you to get federal funding here or use your influence in our state to get our state legislature to move on it. And I said that to our state representative. Here is my ask. Another thing I've moved on is metal detectors. I am at a point where if every place in our society has to feel like going through TSA, I'll do it. Because you have said it so many times, there are too many guns and there are not going to cease to be too many guns, even if we ban assault weapons or ban certain categories or ban the manufacture and 3D printing of all weapons from here on out. We still have more guns than people in our country, and we are going to. And in air travel, where our alternatives are inconvenience or terror, we have chosen inconvenience. And so I'll take it. I will take the inconvenience everywhere to stop the best we can the terror that we are experiencing in our schools right now. I wholeheartedly agree with you. You know, when the school shooting happened at my high school, I was so frustrated by the bag searches and we had IDs. Well, our shooter would have had an ID. He was a Mm -hmm. student there. But as I've gotten older, I understand our parents' desperate need to do something. And I, I do think we're at a point here pragmatically where there are just an enormous amount of guns in our society. And so we are going to need more safety precautions. Do I think that always involves another person with a gun? I do not. I don't think it never involves another person with a gun, but I don't think it always involves another person with a gun. Because, I, you know, watching the video of the police, you just realize the training that is involved in a situation like that. And I thought the New York Times did a great write-up that was like, don't just say, like, they were better than Uvalde because it was a very different scenario. It's a very different training when the person is barricaded in a room versus when they're in an open setting. I think that the political reality is difficult, and I don't appreciate people who don't own that. It is not just duly elected senators who feel this way. It is gerrymandered representatives. The the representative from that district was recently gerrymandered. That's a difficult change. It is a Supreme Court that has upheld the Second Amendment at every turn. That's a difficult change. Now, look, I'm ready to put it all on the table at a constitutional convention. Let's do it. I don't care. I'm an Enneagram One. I'll risk it. Let's go. But I don't think everybody feels that way. And I live in a democracy not a dictatorship of one as much as I wish I did. And so I really, I want to hear people own the complexity and I want to hear exactly what you articulated. I want to hear a helpful pragmatism that moves us in the right direction. The person I appreciated most on social media the day after the shooting was Kelly Harp who said, conservative friends, we need you. We need you to move on this. That's helpful. That's helpful. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really vulnerable here. And it's going to be a bit of a journey and I'm going to cry, but here we go. When I lost a pregnancy at 20 weeks, I had a really lovely woman who had been through the same experience reach out to me. And she said that she chose to give birth. And the language she used was, I felt my baby deserved that. I had already chosen differently. I chose to have surgery. I never held the baby. I did not learn the baby's gender. I did not name the baby. And I thought, well, does that mean mine deserves something less? And ever since that moment, I have some real sensitivity around the word deserve. When we say our children deserve better, 
What do we mean? My child has type 1 diabetes. He could die at any moment from a low blood sugar. What does he deserve? What does he deserve? What do the children in Ukraine deserve? I think we need to get rid of this language. I will never, as long as I live, forget Dan Evans saying, I thought I deserved time with Rachel. But that's not how life works. And when we tell ourselves that, I think it creates more pain. It creates more pain. Because deserve, what we deserve, doesn't have a lot to do with human suffering. What we deserve is a path to pain and disappointment and even intense grief. And I think that is what frustrates me so much in these moments. Because of course, of course, a nine-year-old doesn't deserve to be gunned down in their school. But the world is full of human suffering that people do not deserve. So what are we going to do? And can we own how difficult that action is? I just think we're in this vortex. Like you said, we're screaming into the void. We're angry. We want to shame these representatives. Do I find that Christmas card disgusting? Of course I do. Do I think that man would weep in the same way I would if his children were killed? I do. He has chosen a different path in the face of that fear and terror. He has chosen a different path than I have. But he loves his children as much as I do. And I just, I don't want to do this anymore. I have been doing it since I was 17 years old. I don't want to do it anymore. Of course I don't. But I also don't want to get wrapped up in this seemingly endless cycle of shame and self-righteousness and disagreement and conflict. I don't even know how to describe it because I do think we've made progress. And I do think the gun legislation that passed... After Uvalde, will it fix the amount of guns we have in our country? No. But is it a a once-in-a-generation investment in mental health? Yes. Will that matter? Yes. And I just, I I don't want to hear them anymore. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I've been hearing it my whole life. I want something different. That's why I'm drawn to Moms Demand Action. That's why I'm drawn to people who say literally anything new except for you're awful and our kids deserve better and you don't care. I just, I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm sorry. I just don't. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsuit Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is, I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries, I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. You can fully customize your wild grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box. And $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. Looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Aura frames are beautiful, Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. 
It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. You guys, I love my Aura frames. I have one in my office. I have one in my kitchen. I have given one as a housewarming gift. I have given one as Mother's Day. Father's Day. They are the most amazing gifts because this app is a game changer, in my personal opinion, in digital frames. It makes it so, so easy to get the pictures on there and even videos. It plays like you're in Harry Potter, you guys. It is the best. I love mine so much. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code Pantsuit at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash pantsuit. I think there are no emotions that are invalid after something like this happens. Because rightly or wrongly, most of us in America do have an expectation of safety Mm -hmm. and an expectation not only of safety, but of our of our kids in particular being valued and supported in all spaces. And I am glad that we aspire to that. I think we should. I think we should aspire to that. And so I absolutely have all of the feelings around the Christmas cards and the videos of representatives, like everything can provoke those emotions in me. I'm trying to act from a sense of responsibility. And that has a couple of prongs. It is continuing to work on long-term changes. And I think if you are looking for a place to work on those changes, Moms Demand Action is your best call. Yep. I also want some short-term things. And I will take some things that don't involve legislation. So I will take the metal detectors. I will take the school resource officers. I would love it if you sell guns, if you would just make people wait after they purchase them to have them delivered. I'm looking for a couch that's going to take at least six weeks. I think it ought to be as inconvenient to get a gun as it is to get a couch. Like, if you have an emergency that requires you to purchase a firearm, then I think we should have questions about that. And I would love it if sellers would just voluntarily say, as a policy for the safety of our customers, we wait six weeks after a purchase to deliver. We don't even need a law. Let's just do it. Let's just decide we care about each other in that way. Let's just decide that if someone is anxious to get a gun, 
then we need to pause and ask questions about that. I corresponded with my state representative, with whom I know I disagree seriously about this matter. Got a response from her that said guns aren't the problem, mental health is the problem. And I said back, you know what? I agree with you that mental health emergencies are at the foundation of most of these tragedies alongside easy, unfettered access to guns in the middle of a mental health emergency. And I don't care to debate it. I just want to know what we're going to do. I am ready to roll up my sleeves and hear your ideas or anyone else's to say, what are we going to do about this? Because I want to do something instead of just yell at each other. She said to me that she thinks gun-free zones are a problem. I said, I disagree, but we might always have that disagreement. Fine. What do we want to do? What do we want to do? And I'll tell you another step I took because I know how action-oriented our audience is, and I know how action-oriented I feel when something like this happens. And I don't think that this makes a dent in keeping a child safer, but I think it is an important step in caring about each other and recognizing what we're dealing with. I emailed our principals and our superintendent, and I said, thank you for all the ways that you are so proactive, not just about school safety, but also about the interior lives of our students and their families. They are proactive about that stuff. They're proactive about that stuff in the face of a lot of resistance. Mm -hmm. What kind of indoctrination are you doing when you teach social emotional learning? How much are the counselors in our business and interfering? In the face of all of that, they continue to be proactive, and I think it matters a lot, and I wanted to tell them so. And I said, are there things on your wish list that parents can be advocating for or doing? If there's anything else, I am here for it. You let me know. And I heard back from our principal so quickly that I know they're in pain. If you are a leader who's responsible for the safety of a building of people, this is a tremendous psychological burden every time it happens. And our superintendent emphasizes this anytime something dangerous about a school is in the news. It is everyone's shared responsibility. Every single community member plays a part in school safety, whether you have kids in the system or not. You are part of school safety. And so I just want to keep showing up to be part of that here and where I can. None of that is satisfying. There is not a satisfying answer Mm -mm. when six people are dead senselessly. It is not satisfying to know that this is not the last time we'll talk about this. It's awful. So I just keep asking myself, what else do I have? Like, I got to have some creative energy around this because I do not want to remain here. Yeah, that's what I'm allergic to is the self-satisfaction. I mean, again, did I find the recording of that legislator who was like, oh, I homeschool my daughter? I mean, again, I'm an Enneagram one. That makes my head turn around backwards. Well, I protected my kid, even though I'm in a position of power, so... It's a big deal. And yeah, I agree with every tweet that was like, you're out there trying to protect kids from drag shows. What the hell? I get it. Believe me when I say I can tap that fury. But what comes next? The fury, even if we wiped it all out tomorrow, we just we had some sort of political revolution and every elected official who centers the Second Amendment was stricken from office. One, we'd still have all those guns out there. And two, we'd still have the Supreme Court that we currently have. So I just, I don't, I'm just so frustrated. And I want to not feel this sense of powerlessness. And weirdly, the people who are clear-eyed about the things that are going to be difficult to change, 
make me feel less powerless. I know that sounds weird, but it just does. Just own it. Be honest about it. That makes me feel like, okay, well, at least I know what's in front of me. Let's just be honest about what's in front of us. The Second Amendment is a real pickle, guys, in case you hadn't figured it out. You know, like, I don't know. Like I said, I know for me, if I could wave a magic wand, I'd strike it. I'd go to a constitutional convention, I'd put it all on the table, and I'd get rid of it. But I don't think that's where most of America is. And so I got to figure out what the path forward is. And it can't just be they're awful and they want kids to die. I, I can't do that anymore. I cannot do it another damn day. I think another thing that is influencing my interest in just coming up with new ideas, which I know is going to be annoying to our listeners because many of you have spent a lot of time thinking about this, have at the ready statistics from other countries that have done something real and meaningful about gun violence. And so it just sounds ridiculous to go in any other direction than what we have seen work elsewhere. And I agree with you. In my heart of hearts, I would like there to be no guns. I believe that I am on earth to be an instrument of peace. I would like there to be no more guns anywhere, ever, for any reason. No other weapons either. That's what I would prefer. But that's not where we are, right? So another thing that's been working on me here is I spent a lot of time earlier this year with my husband's family because his father died. And when I am with my husband's family, I am aware keenly that there is a handgun in every purse. There just Mm. is. That is the culture. They don't love their children less than I love mine, to lean on something that you remind us of a lot, Sarah. And they just have a different story about what those guns mean than I do. And it doesn't matter what the statistics are or what happens in Australia or anything else. A story is the hardest thing to break through. And if you look at how many Americans of all demographics keep buying guns, it seems like I'm in the minority in my story Mm -hmm. about guns. And I just have to deal with that as a citizen of a democracy. My story is that I'm more likely to be hurt by a weapon that I own. And I think I've got some real good evidence to back that up. But more people have the story. And there are enough anecdotes out there of a gun being used to stop a greater harm. And I just can't break that. Breaking someone's story is is the hardest thing. It is at the root of all of our political disagreement. And so while we work on influencing each other around these stories, I believe, one, I must be willing to be influenced in order to have influence over other people. I must be willing to soften. I must be willing to move on some issues if I am to do any good and convince anyone to come in my direction. And two, I don't want to wait the generations that I think it will take for Americans to have largely a different story about guns. I don't want to wait for that, for things to be safer. So I feel like I have to say, yes, we know what works elsewhere. And today, that's not available to me in Kentucky. And I don't have representatives who have that same perspective. And so what can we get? What can we do? And also, again, we're hearing from all of you, and I see it in my own life, that we are chipping away at some of those stories. Yes. So, like, we have to hold both things at the same time. It's very difficult to hold. People are hard to move. And also when you move them, you move them an inch at a time. And it's not through telling them they want kids to die. So, you know, that's all I've learned. 
I wish I had learned a lot more. I've learned that this is a difficult issue made legally even more difficult by our Constitution and our Supreme Court and our laws and a very powerful industry. And I want to say again, the way that we're holding this is something that we have worked to develop capacity to do and is happening because it wasn't our kids' schools. I would not be able to have this conversation if this had been my children's school. I wouldn't. I'm not trying to admonish anyone for what they feel around this. I'm just trying to articulate the personal evolution of both my views and my willingness to reach out on this and my hopes for what we can accomplish. But I want to say again, all feelings belong after something like this because it's awful and and we cannot make sense of it. And it is going to pull us all in a lot of different directions. Well, and as a person who has lived through a school shooting, when you listen to survivors and you go into the Facebook groups, the energy is not rage, look at this terrible legislator. I'm just, I'm going to tell y'all, that's not the, the energy is devastation, hurt, trauma, sadness. It brings up a lot. Like, it's just, that's not, that's not the reality. I mean, obviously, because it's becoming a group that gets larger and larger every day, there is not a universal response. But I think the other thing I get frustrated by and I react to is that there is a sense of like, well, I'm standing up for the people affected by this, but they're not a monolith. And there are people affected by school shootings who are vehement Second Amendment defenders. And we have to be honest about that, too. And that's hard. That's hard to hold. And, I, you know, I just, I don't know. I keep questioning, like, what do I feel? What do I feel right now? I've been thinking about this. I've been feeling this. I've been grieving this since 1997. And I think I'm just tired. I'm just, I'm just so tired. I'm tired of them happening. I'm tired of the fighting about it. I'm tired of the seeming intractability about it. I'm just so fucking exhausted about the whole thing. And every time it gets worse, and every time... The children get younger. I think I'm just so fucking tired. I had the worst thought. I thought when everybody kept saying this is like the 163rd mass shooting, I thought how long before they try to up the number of what defines a mass shooting? How long because before that's what happens? Because that's really what's happened, right? They don't get report. My high school wouldn't be a blip, you guys. It wouldn't make the national news. What am I supposed to do with that? (laughs) What am I honestly supposed to do with that information as I send my three beloved children to school every day? I I don't know. I don't know. I'm tired. I can't do this anymore. Like, I just can't. I can't share the memes. I can't shame with statistics. I can't say enough or louder or angrier. There are too many guns. I just, I can't. I can't do it anymore. I'm so exhausted. I'm just so exhausted. And I'm sorry, I, I feel like people come here <laughs> for more, you know, strength and solidity and guidance, but I don't have any right now. I'm I'm done. I'm empty. Well, look, I think being your friend and someone who loves you and knowing this about you uh, also creates that sense of responsibility in me. I have not lived this horror. And so 
I got to have more reserves than people who have. And as much as it frightens me some days to put my kids on the bus, and it does, it does. As much as I feel that fear, that is different than having experienced this firsthand. And so I just keep trying to say, uh, get over yourself, Beth, where you want to just scream into the void and do things. What can you do? And my list right now is support reasonable restrictions on guns in legislation and support people who will vote for those and not vote for anyone who touts their extremism on guns for office. And then look at what we don't need to pass laws for that can help keep kids safer and engage in every way that my time and talents allow me to as a community member working all the angles of how people can feel more connected and beloved and seen and safe in all of their spaces. And so there's nothing that I can say that meets your personal experience with this or what you've been through or the experience of someone who's grieving it in their communities right now. And so that's just not my goal. I I just feel like my goal has to be keep working, get back to work, have a new idea, keep going. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, And Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you Ritual for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. 
Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code Pantsuit at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Outside of politics, the universe has offered us a gift to distract us from the difficulty <laughs> of life in America. And that gift is Gwyneth Paltrow, who is engaged in some civil litigation that if I did not know better, I would think certain segments of were scripted by Saturday Night Live, Beth. I cannot get over the fact that there is a zeitgeist around a trial for a seven-year-old skiing accident. It's a seven-year-old accident. This happened in 2016. Do you know how much life we've all lived since 2016? <laughs> Honestly, if I were a judge, I'd be like, I'm going to declare docket bankruptcy. If you came in here pre-COVID yeah, with something that we, is we this insignificant, I'm sorry. That's we got to right. bounce We're in a new you. timeline. And he does have that energy. So this is a skiing incident where Terry Sanderson, a retired optometrist, he says Gwyneth Paltrow skied into him and caused all these traumatic injuries. He sued her for $3 million. That got dismissed. Now he's suing her for $300,000. She's countersuing him for a dollar because she contests that he skied into her. Okay. The judge was like, you have eight days, friends. I think that that's more generous. That's generous. Than I'd yeah. I'd have been like three, three days. Um, but they're coming to the end today as we're recording. But it's just like from the what is Gwyneth wearing? How much does it cost? The interactions with Gwyneth Paltrow and this guy's attorney have been so hilarious. Like the, the lawyer's like, I bet you were wearing a cute ski outfit. She right. I bet Gwyneth was wearing a cute ski outfit. Um, it just was all it's all so much. I also think there's like a real energy around skiing right now. Like it is ridiculous. It is expensive. But lots of people are doing it. Like right now in California, there's so much snow you can ski to like June. But it's <laughs> I think there's like this awareness that like skiing is a little bit I like I say this as a person who skis. I love skiing. It's a little bit ridiculous. And so like this is just it's like the ridiculousness of skiing, the ridiculousness of celebrity, the ridiculousness of our legal system. And so it's just all of it. It's all of it right there. No, it's beyond parody. When I saw the picture that was like Gwyneth Paltrow covers her face with a $250 notebook. I was like, what? What are we even <laughs> doing America with ourselves? And this man, I don't know. I don't know if his story is true. I don't know if the things he's suffering from originated with this incident or not. It does not really matter to me in the scheme of things how this happened. I just think this is a ludicrous use of the court system. Settle it. <laughs> Settle it. You've been doing this for seven years. You've already spent $300,000. Oh, yeah. Come on. For sure. On liars. 
Yeah, and I don't understand this, like, new filming of the, the celebrity court. It seems like this is just bad and we should not do it. Like, we should just not, let's just not film it. If I was a judge, I'd be like, we're not going to film this. No, sir. No, well, how. Because a part of me, a very cynical part of me, thinks, is this happening so this will happen? Are we having yeah. this trial so that we have the memes? So we can TikTok it? Are we just being entertained here? Is that what's going oh, yeah. on? 100%. There's no justice on the line here, no. guys. <laughs> Beth is an instrument of peace. I am an instrument of justice. There's no justice on the line here. Okay? This is totally and completely entertainment. And Gwyneth Paltrow seems to understand that as far as I can tell. I mean, she's playing her part well, right? She's been preparing for this role her whole life, I guess. Yes. Listen, I'm going to say something controversial. I like Gwyneth Paltrow. I don't care about the jade egg. I don't care about goop. Do I think part of it is arguably a little fraudulent? Maybe. Uh, but whatever. I, there's a part of me that's like, men have been scamming people for a generation in this space. Let's look, let's give Gwyneth a chance. <laughs> I just think she's kind of wacky. and She is wacky. I do think her wardrobe choices are impeccable almost mm, always, yeah. and especially during this trial. That's what I enjoyed reading about the most is like, how she's wearing the boots with the dresses so she looks local and there are no logos on things. So she's doing the stealth wealth thing, too. I think all that's interesting and fine, but so divorced from real life, I can't stand it. And it does bug me that this court system that belongs to all of us is being yeah. used for such a farce. Yeah. Now that we've covered the really important things here. Um, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, for being with us through a both incredibly difficult conversation and an incredibly ludicrous conversation because we contain multitudes here. It is impossible to capture every experience in our conversation. That's particularly true when it comes to guns and parenting and what we owe to our children. So we'll hope you'll stick with us in the weeks and months ahead as we continue to tackle these difficult topics and extend the conversations here on the show. In the meantime, don't forget to head to our show notes and grab tickets to our final events this spring. Pantsuit Politics is produced by Studio D Podcast Production. Elise Knapp is our managing director. Maggie Penton is our community engagement manager. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. Our show is listener-supported. Special thanks to our executive producers. Martha Brunitsky. Allie Edwards. Janice Elliott. Sarah Greenup. Julie Haller. Helen Handley. Tiffany Hassler. Emily Holliday. Katie Johnson. Katina Zuganellis-Kasling. Barry Kaufman, Molly Kors, Catherine Vollmer, Lori Ladau, Lily McClure, Linda Daniel, Emily Neasley, The Pettins, Tawny Peterson, Tracy Putoff, Sarah Ralph, Jeremy Sequoia, Katie Steigers, Karen True, Annika Uveline, Nick and Elisa Valelli, Amy Whited, Emily Helen Olson, Lee Shea McDonough, Morgan McHugh, Jeff Davis, Melinda Johnston, Michelle Wood, Joshua Allen, Nicole Berkless, Paula Bremer, and Tim Miller.